Have you ever thought about a career transition? You know, taking your current skills and experience and moving it, pivoting to another role or even another department. In this episode of Tip That Scale, we talk about career transitions in four key areas, marketing, sales, technology, and talent acquisition. Welcome to Tip That Scale, the podcast for those laid off, bracing for one, or simply considering a career shift and looking for new opportunities. Today, we're talking about career transitions and pivots. And we want to talk about it in four specific areas, IT, marketing, sales, and talent acquisition and recruiting. You can always transition out of one role, one department into another department, especially those that maybe have more hiring opportunities. So looking at talent acquisition and recruiting, what roles mm-hmm. can they trans what roles can they transfer and transition to in light of what's happening right now? Um, same thing with sales, even though sales is very interesting. Um, marketing, of course, and then also from a technology piece, we know techno- we know technology roles still exist. We know this. You just have to find them. But what are are there other roles, positions that you can trans transition to, or not just other positions, but maybe the your focus changes in that area. And I know we talked about it briefly before from a technology standpoint, maybe it's moving from um, creating or developing in one one department or in one kind type of company and moving over to, y'all know I'm always talk about cybersecurity, which I did some research and was looking up some things over the weekend. And there are quite I'm surprised at the number of cybersecurity companies that exist now. Well, I mean, that space is, it's never going to go away, right? As long as we have people that are constantly wanting to take other people's information or data or whatever, those companies are going to keep growing. Now, cybersecurity used to mean one general term back in the day, right? This was only like 10, 15 years ago. Now there's so many different parts of cybersecurity would blow your mind. Just to give you an idea, I mean, it's its own vertical. It's no longer tied in with networking. It's no longer tied in with, you know, core infrastructure. It's its own vertical. You have offensive and defensive cybersecurity companies. You also have the cybersecurity companies that are constantly just sitting there monitoring and don't really take any action, but will report it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, as long as data is going to be considered the most valuable piece of information to anyone or any organization, you're going to have, how do I put it, thieves that want that data. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now you have your cyber police force, which is basically cybersecurity and then ethical hackers and all this other stuff that are keeping it from happening. You could transition from 
I mean, honestly, you could transition into cybersecurity from any vertical within IT. Mm-hmm. It depends on how much work you're wanting to put in. And understanding the logic behind the code or even the application or platform that you're working on. How do you create the most secure application that you possibly can, right? They have something called secure coding. So let's just say if you're a developer and you want to move into the cyberspace, start practicing uh, secure coding. Start understanding what that means. If you if you're just like running and blasting through your code and just trying to get it out as fast as possible, or are you actually sitting back saying, okay, if I develop this thing in a specific way, am I leaving any doors open for anybody to come in, right? Or am I creating fail safes to get around that? Now, let's say you're on the infrastructure side, somebody that's doing rack stack. Even if you're a security engineer that's blocking against people that could potentially come in. I guess the first phase of cybersecurity is one understanding what part of cybersecurity you want to get into and then taking the necessary steps. Now, every software developers have an easy in on threat remediation type stuff, pen testing, because they understand how software is built and how it works. And so if you're somebody that's trying to break into that specific platform or software from the software aspect, how does that work? You got to have that differentiator or really come through a great program that may be yeah, some of the ones we saw the best were the ones that came through some of the universities that really specialized in it and got that true, deep, hands-on uh, experience along with it. So you have the to be simplest careful. way to put it is the best security people or within this realm of cyberspace are the ones that know how to break the law, but choose not to. Yep. Yep. That makes you're sense. always thinking about it to try and prevent yeah. it. You were talking about security. Uh, are there any other areas for developers and engineers to pivot to as we're looking at, you know, this, this, I don't want to say the time frame that we're in from jobs and we see a lot of technology companies that have been doing a lot of layoffs. Are there any other areas that developers and engineers would be interested or the opportunity lies for them to move to? I mean, there's there's a lot of different areas that people can move into. I mean, from a development standpoint, if you wanted to go into something more techno-functional, like a product owner program manager, understanding the key principles of what project management is and then understanding financials and budgets and resource management. And they can go all into these different areas, right? The one thing I want people to understand though, is that these developer roles are always going to be there. I mean, they're not going to go away, Mm -hmm. right? Essentially what's going on right now and why people are dealing with mass layoffs from these big companies like the Googles of the world, the Microsofts, whatever, it's mainly because they overhired, they overshot, and then, you know, they just weren't able to keep sustained or keep it sustained. You know what I mean? There's certain skill sets that are a little bit more challenging to jump into a different role than others. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that old time, I mean, the way people used to hire or the way they're hiring right now are two very different things right? Just think about what we were dealing with for the last three years. Actually, Ron, if you think about it, since we've been working on the agency side, it's like 
who has experience with it is what they want to hire right now. It's not like they're willing to take a chance on someone that doesn't know and has personality or the the aptitude to actually pick it up. So not only once you decide on that particular vertical that you want to go into, put some real world practice into it, right? Start building some projects around it. Start doing certain things that help build out your portfolio saying, hey, I may not have enterprise level experience with this, but I do have real world experience where I've created my own test lab. Right, where I've created my own security lab, where I've created a lab where I can test out certain things that show that I can do these things. And the aspect of developers, though, I mean, you can literally just jump from one industry to another and be able to do that as long as you know how to do the job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's just say you're a developer and you just you can't you don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to sit. You can't look at another line of code. <laughs> Maybe look into something more functional or techno-functional, like product owner. Like you understand what it takes to build an application, but now you're going to be managing the overall process or the, yeah, the processes it takes to get that going, right? See if you want to be a product owner, a project manager, program manager, like whatever way you, direction you want to take it in, right? A lot of different areas that they can potentially fit into. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I will say uh, one of the things that we'll include in the episode notes for this episode, Ron, is the um, the article that you shared with us from The Verge, uh, why are so many tech companies laying people off right now? Because it helps to give a lot, give some color as to what's what's going on and help people think about their next direction. I still uh, like that article quite a bit and I definitely have shared it with several people that I know in technology as well as outside of technology. So we've, we're talking about, we've talked about IT and kind of the pivot or career transitions for developers and it's kind mm-hmm. of a wide open feel. Um, what about you know, let's y'all are both in talent acquisition and recruiting. What are some of the opportunities that you see for recruiters and um, folks in talent acquisition to pivot to? Since that is one area that we've seen a number of layoffs recently, what are some of the opportunities for 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 your compadres in in that area in that space? In the recruiting space, they're, they they. The recruiter uses so many different skills and skill sets. Uh, they're wrapped up into that umbrella that, you know, they it's never a full time of part of what full time of what they do, but it's always a part of what they do. Uh, recruiters have to be very skilled with in the sales space, right? They're always selling on both sides. They're selling to the candidates. They're selling to whether it be in the staffing world when they're selling it to their account rep trying to get their candidate promoted, or if they're on the corporate side, they're selling this back to the, the managers who are doing the hiring uh, or the team doing the hiring, um, why this is a good candidate and, and they should uh, spend some time speaking with them. So they're always selling. Um, they're always playing heavily in the HR space, right? So they, they could easily do some study and take some courses that that, get, that point them deeper and, and broader into the HR space, uh, if that's a, a place they want to reside. I know some of these things that I'm mentioning are also um, spots that have been laid off, but 
some of these will come back sooner than the recruiter roles, um, the sales teams, right? Those are going to come back. You got to have something or positions open for recruiters to work on if you're on the staffing side. So uh, the, the sales guys are going to be hired sooner than the recruiters or fast or more of them. Um, a recruiter often can transition into those. They've dealt with those managers internally. Um, they know what they're looking for. So that's, that's a space for them to consider. Um, HR uh, business partners, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's yeah. a space that's really developed that, that recruiters could lend themselves well to. They need to obviously research the role and find out the different pieces that tag into that. But they do a lot. In a lot of places, they do a lot of those functions. So uh, that would be a good uh, space to look at. It doesn't seem to be quite as volatile. Um, they could look at, you know, a lot of companies have whole divisions or groups developed around you know, what should we pay people? You know, there's there's teams that they could they really know that market that they could could with a little bit of training and study and dive into that and and, and live in that space to determine you know incentives, bonuses, plans, pay plans. Uh, benefits. Uh, there's just a lot of places that they can transition to on that space. They typically are, are have a talent for writing, right? So there's 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 areas they can transition to with that. Uh, what else, AJ? I'm kind of. I mean, like you said, man. I mean, people in talent acquisition, they they're multi-skilled. I mean, from project management to understanding compensation benefits, understanding overall company benefits, company culture, employer branding, project management. I mean, it's just a lot of different things you can get yourself involved in. Just thinking outside of the box. Like, I mean, let's just take PM work, for instance. Mm -hmm. The amount of information that you have to control as a recruiter. You know what they keep saying, managing the talent acquisition process? What do PMs do? They manage processes, mm -hmm. right? Their own workflow. They manage other people's workflow. It, it's there's a, there's a lot. I mean, again, it, it, you can get into HR generalist roles. You can get into HRBP roles. You can get into there's a lot of key functions within HR. You can get yourself involved in. I'll, I'll say this: tech recruiters got hit hard during this thing right but they're going to come back with a vengeance i've already seen it. i was looking at some of the uh, the big staffing company job sites this mm -hmm. this week and there are tons of i'm not seeing as many well there's still a lot of it roles on those things but i'm seeing more internal positions they're posting than they are external because they're trying to staff up for this because they know what's coming right they know that these companies are going to come back and hire uh, more than likely through the uh, staff augmentation piece. They're going to bring people on to their teams because they're slammed, they're burning out their internal employees, but they're going to do it via the staffing model uh, and dip their toe in the water to see what the market's going to do before they hire people direct. So staffing companies know in turn to be able to meet that demand, they better start grabbing um, some of those good ones on the market now start hiring those salespeople now to go out and find those opportunities and get seeped in the company uh, culture and, and, and market so that they know where to go. So I, I couldn't believe all those. And this was a different, you know, this was in a couple of weeks that this is really 
exploded that I've seen those um, job requirements get heavier uh, in the recruiting space on the staffing side. And they know what's coming. I mean, I've seen it on both sides, though. I mean, I've seen staffing companies trying to ramp up, but I've also heard of staffing companies ramping down. It can go either way, but I mean, what the other thing is, is that there's a lot of software techie companies that laid a lot of tech recruiters off, but right on the other side of it, there's still a whole butt ton of recruiting jobs that I'm even seeing right now, right? Like on built-in, OTTA, I don't know what that site's called, but that's what it is, LinkedIn. There's a lot of them. It's basically just kind of reshuffling the workforce, right? Now, the bigger problem is right now, there's just so many people that it's like even the recruiters of some of these other companies just can't get to your profile, right? After you've seen about three or 400 resumes, they all look kind of same. They all do say the same thing. You kind of just like, yeah. <laughs> like looking at houses, they definitely all start to look the same after a while. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, you're going to have your time. Again, it, it if you're absolutely just done with your career in a specific field, I'd say, all right, let's start talking about transitioning and moving, looking into something else. Now, if you just don't trust the industry anymore, that's another thing, right? Let's start taking a look at it. The way I'm seeing uh, seeing this right now, it can just be a, a temporary pivot to another position, another role within another department, another type of industry, just mm -hmm. because of where we are right now. And on the other side, Say, for instance, you're a technical recruiter, you love doing it, but now you've become a technical writer. I want I wrote that down earlier because I wanted to mention it as a uh, along with what you had mentioned, AJ, as far as a pivot for someone in the developing space, because we talked about we need more technical writers. But mm -hmm. um, it's something that people can do for the time being. And then when the market starts to level off, they actually have more skills to bring back to the role. More skills, typically more skills, more um, more network, a bigger network. There could be a lot of things that come from just doing a, a soft pivot and then coming back to it when the market, you know, when the market allows and makes it more feasible. And if nothing else, doing those things you're talking about, whether it be getting certifications or going back to school or taking a job that's out a little bit out of your space, it still shows those current employers who are looking that if you look for a differentiator, hey, this person is still trying to grow despite um, the downtime in their space. So I would pick that person over someone who's just sitting there doing nothing during this time, but waning. So uh, it absolutely is an advantage. Yeah. And I know we talked about it. We've seen more, HR business partner positions that are available now, that person who bridges the gap, they're the liaison between the HR department and the hiring manager or the actual department and the employees within that department. So that's, you know, they're the opportunity, I would say it's, it really is like we say all the time, changing your mindset and thinking broader and larger about what's, what's out there instead of I don't want to say pigeonholing, but kind of pigeonhole, pigeonholing yourself. This is what I've done. This is only what I have been doing. There's nothing else out there. And we know that that's not the case. It, you have to change how you look at the opportunities in front of you. Because yeah. I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. I may not be the best at it, but I'll try it. And if I can learn it. And a lot of 
a lot of where I am today is because I've had some pivots, some slow pivots uh, from one area to another area to and then back. And yeah, you just kind of swing within uh, a certain area based on the skill sets and the talents and experience that you have. And I've talked to several recruiters and, and, and people during this period in that space. And a lot of them are saying, especially the ones that haven't been in this space for a long time, saying, I'm, I'm out of this. I'm not doing this. It's too volatile, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the ups and downs. And and I, I, I get it, but I've been in this for so long and I've seen multiple of these downturns and it does. It hits recruiters, but like AJ mentioned earlier, it comes back with a vengeance when it does. Nobody ever knows the timing of it, but I mean, typically in the past, it hasn't been that long. Um, you just have to maybe, like you said, pivot to a different group, whether it be if you're on corporate, look at, at um, the staffing world or what have you, but it does come back. It, it always comes back. Um, and it comes back thinner, right? You've got people who do yeah. make that jump and get out of it and say, I'm done, or they find something else to get into. Um, so like you said, you you just have to decide, do I want to just do something else? Because the companies are going to come calling and that would be ideal. Do something else. They're going to come calling. Keep your eyes open. Um, keep looking and applying if you have the desire to get back or stay in it because it'll be there. Yeah. We talked about talent acquisition and recruiting. What about, okay, I'm going to say this. What about sales? And we know that there are sales jobs still out there. And a lot of people are like, what sales? But the problem with sales tends to be people who have sold in one particular industry, they, they may not think about how, they may not think about another industry, but the sales skills that they have, they can, I mean, we know a good salesperson can sell, can sell water to, some, mm-hmm. to a drowning man. Isn't that the, is that the saying or something like that? Yep. But yep. it's about, you know. Sell snow to an Eskimo. Okay, that too. <laughs> so many. But well, that's the thing though. I mean, you just got to get, if the, if the salesperson has a solid attitude to pick things up and learn things, Mm-hmm. Like you said, they could sell anything. Right. One of the challenges there with salespeople is that generally when they go to a new industry, they're going to be starting over, right? They they, they no longer have a pipeline. They don't have the connections. Um, they can't demand a draw from the company they're going to because yeah. you know, a lot of times companies will keep them whole from whence they came until they can build up their space. But when you go into a new industry, there's no incentive for a company to do that because you don't really have experience in that space. But the way you have to look at it is if you've been laid off, I'm at zero right now anyhow, right? So I can only go up from here. But a lot of people get hung up on what they were at versus what they're going to go to and start off at and build back up to again. And it is a, it is a challenge. It is painful. But again, you have to look at where you are right now. And that's at zero if you're in that space. And it, like you said, at least you get in, you try it, you you see, am I good at it? Mm-hmm. Do I like this? Can I build faster than anticipated? Is it more stable? Um, and if not, then you know, you're at least buying yourself time until what you're normally selling in opens back up and you can jump back over. But right. everybody just has to take a different well, mindset. Part of, of where it I'm is, right now. yeah, I mean, part of though on the sales aspect of things is learn the product you're about to go sell. Right. Research the company, figure out who they're selling to. Once you know all of those things, then it's just like selling the last product that you came from. 
understand their client, understand their business model, understand the product that they're selling, learn the product, and then go sell it. Again, a good salesperson is going to, like you said, could sell water to a drowning man or sell snow to an Eskimo. Mm-hmm. It's really just being that consultant type of salesperson, right? Those are the ones that generally make the most. And they have the largest sales because they understand their client and what they're trying to do. And that's, you know, that's whether it's a product or a service, whether it's B2C or B2B, enterprise or direct, even, you know, inside versus outside sales. And I've seen people go from inside to outside, outside to inside, mm-hmm. just because of what they looking at their own, um, their own background and their own needs from a from a familial standpoint. Maybe they don't want to work outside and be on the road all the time because they want to be closer to home and inside provides another option. But when we're thinking about so many industries out there, outside of technology and products, we're looking at different professional services. We're looking at transportation. Um, I will always talk about healthcare and insurance because we know that's going to continue. Pharmaceutical sales, biotech, agribusiness, um, food and beverage. There was another one I was going to mention. Um, oh, just eco, you know, sustainability. We know some of these areas are opportunities because the market still demands some of these on a consistent basis for consumers and for businesses. The other thing, having uh, having been a salesperson, I think, number one, we've talked about it before, we're all salespeople regardless, but we still need, we're still gonna need sales trainers, not in the same standpoint. I always said like this, we need good sales trainers. Um, moving in from sales to operations, if you're tired of sales, what are some opportunities within operations or vendor and partner relationship management where sometimes you have a salesperson who sells it and then they're gone, but then who's left to handle and manage the relationship um, from maybe account management standpoint. Even one of the ones, because I do like nonprofit, if you're a great salesperson, hello, go into fundraising. Because guess what? Even though the market from a financial standpoint seems light, a lot of a lot of charities still benefit greatly during these times because they want, they know there's a need. So people still want to be able to supply those needs. And there are fundraisers, there are people who are still giving and they need nonprofits and foundations need people to ask, ask for people to release their money and give to supporting a good cause. Um, the other one that comes to mind is uh, procurement in a roundabout sort of, sort of way. So you can be on one side selling it. What about on the other side buying it, you know, for a company or an organization? So again, it's how we just change our view and what we look at and consider as opportunities. The final one, the final area of our big four that we're talking about today is marketing. And that's one, another department, another set of roles that have been hit pretty hard with layoffs as well. Any, of course I have some thoughts, but any from your from your point of view, what are some pivots, some career transitions from 
the different roles in marketing, because we know there are several that fall un, under that marketing umbrella. Are there any that are top of mind for you as far as a good transition for folks in marketing? Some of those people in marketing are some of the most creative that I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Right. But I also see that they have some of the biggest challenges understanding their own creativity at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can get into something a little bit that's more a lot more technical within the marketing space, like UI, UX design, mm-hmm. right? I mean, essentially what you're trying to do in the marketing space is just customer attraction. So what else fits within that space? UI, UX, website design, all of these different things that you can learn and pick up and you can start freelancing with, and start building your portfolio. Um, Sales is another one. Since you know, mm-hmm. since you know talent or like customer attraction to that point, within your own vertical and within your own space, well, since you know the customer, then you can very easily sell it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and this holds true for all these spaces. I mean, that we've talked about today. A lot of times, you have to look outside and look at the avenue of coaching in that space or teaching, training in that or related spaces. Um, You look at the marketing people. They're all about promoting, whether it be product, services, what have you. They're some of the best capable people right now, as they may not realize, becoming a career coach even, or not not necessarily coach even, but helping people market on social media. Right now is a great time. You go back to recruiters, you talk about they could start their own thing of helping people with resumes. Um, some of these groups having come from a lot of times the same companies seeing layoffs in marketing, recruiting, sales, what have you. These people, groups can partner up with people you've worked with to form partnerships. Hey, uh, I'm partnering with the recruiter to help these people develop their resumes, the marketing person to help uh, the people develop their social uh, media account to where they can attract attention and get a job, the salesperson to help push them. I mean, a lot of companies can sprout out out of just people combining their talents uh, of their colleagues and and, and starting a business. Um, what I think you that's mean? An you, avenue everybody has to look at. You mean like I don't know, like say someone who is a development coach and employer branding person who partners with <laughs> technical recruiters and um, you know people in the talent acquisition space to I don't know do a podcast. Is that what you're talking about? Something like I think that. That's a prime example, right? <laughs> and and it does. It just opens up. It it makes you not have to become an expert in all those spaces when you can rely on people you know who are. Yeah. You get to learn from them, grow with them, and who knows? Together, you may form your that may be your next path. That's where all this um, was designed to come together and and, and grow to. So right. you just have to keep the blinders off, right? And that's what we all do. It's so easy mm-hmm. to put on those blinders and think that this is what I am. This is all I am, and all I can do versus take those blinders off and just look to the left or right a little bit and you can find a whole new career path or people to partner with to become that career path. Right. This is a perfect time to test the waters on all these things. Uh, it may turn out that it doesn't work. It may turn out that it's the best thing you've ever done in your life. We just can't put ourselves in boxes. And I keep learning. Every one of these sessions I do, I see that and think about that more and more because it's so easy to paint yourself inside a corner. So um, I, I like not putting entrepreneurship. Up putting ourselves in a box because y'all know I hate a box, but um, yeah, so many opportunities for marketers 
from project management, which we talked about, and almost anyone can pivot in that direction based on their skill set. Uh, program management, part of all the managements, including product management. One of the ones that I thought about, which again, it ties back, y'all know how I feel about nonprofits, charitable organizations and foundations is social impact and cause marketing. The other area that I'm passionate about, I think about a lot, or I mentioned quite a bit, is the echo space. You know, those areas, how do you talk, you know, sustainability, um, uh, echo ecosystems, maybe I said, I said echo. Uh, ecosystems. You're looking at me like, what did you? What did you? What are you talking about? I was like, wait, why are we talking about sonar all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, solar power. There you go. Um, even the other one that's huge is when I think about when I mentioned procurement and buyers on for in reference to sales. Also thinking about procurement from a marketing standpoint. How do you view it? Who re who looks at some of the proposals that are out there based on uh, RFPs that go out? And even another one is grant writing, and and the the piece to the resistance for all of these areas is strategists, analysts, and research. I mean, come on, we you know it's a necessary piece of every organization to just understand not best not just best practices but understand how changes are happening that's why i think data scientists are uh, one of the hot i mean they've been around for a while but one of the hot uh jobs for 2023 I was like what uh anyone that's an analyst or a strategist is necessary to have an understanding on how things are changing and what's contributing to those changes um Anything else, anything else you want people to know about? I will also say communications. From the recruiter standpoint, communications is a huge area of opportunity as is for sales and for marketing. It's, it needs to be, be, something needs to be communicated and they need people to have a better understanding of the products and services to be able to communicate what needs to be said. Other thoughts? People <clears throat> to the first is being aware of pivot as a possibility, right? I mean, that's the big first step. Um, it's like admitting you've got a problem with anything. That's the first step. This is the first step is 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 realizing I'm not just this. I can pivot and should look to pivot out of this. Uh, what's immediately in front of me, and by doing that, you know. <clears throat> When you've done that all your life and you've never stepped outside into that entrepreneurial path, that's a hard part. That's where you should have conversations with people who have or who can help encourage you or coach you or train you to do that. Um, and then you start looking for pain points. Where are the pain points in society that my skills and experiences can be lended to that to where I can I can help people and, and, and make a living off of it? Um, and there's so many spaces like that going on in the world now to where you look at people in marketing or PR. I mean, it's it's bad to talk about the space of. You look at the look in Memphis is what going what's going on right now, right? There there is a PR nightmare going on there. Uh, there's a desperate need for help of how to rebrand yourself as a as that type of market. Um, but they're everywhere. There's issues like that that need outside help, and you have to figure out. Can my skills help with that? And if so, how? 
how do I go about it? Do I grab some of my colleagues and try to go and help and, and, and develop something? You just have to look for pain points. Um, yeah. It's a pivot. I mean, it's all can, about a pivot. It's almost anything. I mean, if you look on YouTube and there's a nine-year-old boy that can make like $50 million in a year by reviewing toys, <laughs> you can figure out something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, so that's a great point, AJ. And, and before you get out of it, that's an, an unconventional place to look. And I've started doing it more is with my kids. I listen to what they're tying into, what is driving their interest. I mean, they are, they may not be direct consumers, but they're very big indirect consumers. Their parents drive them and help them. Those kids know how to market in a way that I don't or haven't been exposed to like they have. So I am taking this time and opportunity to learn so much from them uh, about how to grow and live on the social uh, marketing thing. There's a, there's I a, mean, there's a boldness there that I think as we've gotten older, we're a little bit more reserved in how to do it. But then sometimes the best way to do it is to do it. You have to take mm-hmm. a step. You can't think about what the outcome will be. You have to, it's a, it becomes a, a passion project and how you just step out and, step out and just it's not believing in the response of what's going to happen It's believing in yourself to do it very true another before we get out of this something i had written down thought about and didn't dig deep into but people can always look at the teaching path you know you can always look at what it takes to be an adjunct professor in your space whether that's it marketing sales recruiting any of those there's always opportunities that whether it be your community colleges your universities, even the, the high schools, mm-hmm. there may be opportunities to go in and if not teach, at least go speak. It gives you more exposure, publicity. It's something to add to credibility. It may just be that thing that uh, opens up the door that somebody takes a notice of and, and, and gives you a shot at a different opportunity. And we did have, we do have two links on, actually three links on our infographic from the last episode of websites that have those jobs available, those adjunct professors, those positions within uh, schools and, you know, from from early education on up into post, even, you know, post-graduate post, uh, education. We do have those links on our infographic that's available on our Instagram, as well as from the show notes of episode six. Right. And I always walk away from something from these two, right? I've written down several mm-hmm. bullets that just having these conversations, which is something, again, we've encouraged everybody to do. Have conversations with your colleagues, mm-hmm. whether it be directly what you do or somebody that you've worked with at your previous company that's not directly what you do. It, it keeps you in front of them. It keeps you in front of mind with them. It just helps you develop ideas by having those conversations versus just being in your own space. So reach out. I think that's huge. Well. Thank you both. Once again, I'm saying thank you. Um, I appreciate the input and I know our audience appreciates the input, the direction, the advice about what's next, you know, a a career transition, especially within these four areas. And I look forward to, we've had some other discussions as always, bringing up some other ideas for future episodes that I'm excited about too. So yeah. All right, thanks. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it, as always. Good information. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Hey there, it's Nicole, 
Hopefully after this episode, you were able to add new roles to your job search based on your skills and experience. You know what? And of course your interests. Now we have a favor to ask you. Please rate, follow, and subscribe to Tip That Skill on your favorite podcast platforms. And be sure to follow at Tip That Skill on Twitter and Instagram.